0: Dear Abby Normals,
1: welcome to Deeply Disturbing Things, the podcast. I'm Macy, and I'm Naomi, and we are two anxious counselors that like to talk about deeply disturbing things.
0: Let's get into it. I'm first, first dudes. What's up? No, that was like, oh. Oh, I
1: was like, Go! No. Oh, I was like, I didn't see the need to make noise on the table. <laughs> what do you know about a, a lighthouse? a lighthouse um a lighthouse or lighthouses in general in
0: general what are your thoughts um, feelings opinions
1: thoughts feelings i say that practically they um have been used to keep ships from running ashore um they have symbolically in counseling they're often used to symbolize like hope and safety kind of like yeah like there's Light, I kind of viewed as like light on oh my garage. I, I should have see.
0: thought of this before. Keep
1: talking, and um, I'm going into the demon. I portal. often would do a counseling activity with the boat storm in a lighthouse. I've done that. Um, because it's the counseling office,
0: what do I have in my demon porter portal? Right. House? There we go.
1: Very topical,
0: yeah. That's very nice, lighthouse,
1: yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of what I would say. So, yeah. I would like to live in one if it wasn't so cold and wet all the time.
0: Are they beacons of hope?
1: Or, or are they
0: creepy, dangerous places where yeah. ghosts and madness lurk?
1: I mean, that amplified it a bit. I we, With creepy, I was like, well, yeah. I mean, there's probably spiral stairs, which could be cool if renovated in a cool way. Otherwise, That's they're right. slippery and dangerous.
0: Um I loved the movie Pete's Dragon growing up, the Disney one. Yeah, and there was a lot of yes, lighthouse yes. action in that movie.
1: That was um before I knew that the dragon, Peach Dragon was talking about marijuana, right?
0: Um you're thinking of Puff the Magic Dragon. Oh, that's right. Those are two different dragons. Okay. So I'm am going to tell you a mystery, an unsolved mystery. But before that, I need to lay some foundation.
1: You're choking on your wine.
0: Yes. So to keep talking, or do you need medical attention? It like wrong place.
1: So yeah, did <clears throat> it didn't burn like alcohol?
0: Right time, wrong place.
1: Who knew there was so much alcohol in this wine? In wine. <laughs> Go, ahead.
0: Go ahead. So I need to lay some foundation. Let's talk about lighthouse keepers.
1: Those people are creepy. I I too. Sorry if I mentioned
0: So I'm sure there's not many lighthouse keepers around. I mean how event. many
1: lighthouses are there? There's a lot. Okay, so there's a lot of well, lighthouse keepers.
0: No. You'll you're gonna learn here in a second. What?
1: Okay.
0: So back in the day when there were a lot of lighthouse keepers. It was it could be a 24-7 work sometimes. Oh, did you ever see that movie, The Lighthouse, with Willem Dafoe and uh, Robert Pattinson?
1: Actually, yes, but I it was so it was long really ago. Really weird, right? Weird. Yeah. I don't recall anything except for like vaguely remembering there's some, some birds Maybe, Yeah. It, Vertigo, I think, has the lighthouse. Does something. it? So that, that was one of the ones that so Lighthouses
0: heard can be the creepies so they they work all day. They're Hard making workers. repairs. Um, they may have to deal with shipwrecks. Um, but obviously, the most important part is to keep that light operating twenty four seven. And so they all had a schedule. It was different lighthouse to lighthouse. like some would have to rotate every twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. So that it's continuously having that light go 360 degrees.
1: Because if you're out there and all you get is a glimpse in the storm, you need that microsecond to be there. Right.
0: That's exactly right. So during severe storms, the light had to be kept in operation 24 hours a day. So that might mean getting up there in the middle of a storm, in the middle of the night and figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So lighthouse keepers had more to worry about than storms and terrible conditions. In the 19th century, when there were a lot of lighthouse keeping, there was a high frequency of what was then called madness and suicide. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to look up this term madness. This this is a side thing. So sidebar, sidebar, madness is the oldest term that referred to mental illness, like what we consider mental illness today. Mm -hmm. And that included originally just being like injured, disabled, foolish. It pointed to a loss of reason.
1: If that's and, madness.
0: And that there was like some aspects of being irrational and out of control. So it's just this big, broad, early term. Now, um, you know, you might associate it with being offensive. I still associate it with the ska band, madness.
1: To me, I think <laughs> that I think of Alice
0: um, in Wonderland. Like, the like, Mad Hatter. Hatter. I'm about to talk about that.
1: Everything's
0: connected.
1: everything's connected okay <laughs> this is gonna semi-relate to my topic
0: so many assumed that the lighthouse keepers went mad because of the solitude you know you, you could be out on this rock in the middle of nothing all alone yeah. but it may very have been
1: from my other topic the-
0: was that being alone well, it was, Wasn't that the wind?
1: Well, there was a combination of effects, but being super isolated, no resources, people around, and the wind created this maddening.
0: Yes. I don't know why I don't feel more offended by the Term madness. I actually,
1: don't either. There's, it just, uh, there's it. other words. That, maybe there's other like,
0: words that bother me more. I don't
1: think people use it at, like as offensive as, as
0: a derogatory term. At
1: least that I've heard.
0: Yeah, I haven't um, either.
1: Like you're mad. I <laughs> be <You're> like oh. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe it's just so old; say? it's not really part of our lexicon. Right. That's, that makes
1: sense. To me, it sounds. It actually sounds kind of fun to say. Like not at somebody, but just to refer to it. Yeah, like that's mad.
0: Yeah, it's like, almost like, like old and yeah v- vintage.
1: Like that's um, <laughs> like almost meaning maybe more like out of sorts. Yes, it's out of sorts.
0: It's so it might have been something simpler and also more sinister. Lighthouses had a great innovation in the eighteen hundreds, and this was the invention of these Fresnel lenses.
1: So Where they refract,
0: it led to like greater intensity and range. But not only did we need that greater strength of light, but we needed a consistent speed of rotation. So it had to just be very consistent. It couldn't be like get stuck or like mm-hmm. someone's wrenching on it. So how did they accomplish this? The best near-zero friction bearing of the day was created by floating the light and lens on a circular track of liquid mercury. Interesting.
1: It is. Metals. It's been a theme this quarter.
0: <laughs> so when dust and dirt and built up on the track, the lightkeeper's job, lighthouse keeper's job was to drain the mercury through a fine cloth. So it wasn't understood at the time that mercury is actually a deadly poison. Mm. And one of the symptoms of mercury poisoning can be the onset of madness.
1: Followed by death.
0: So the solitude may have been impacting the keepers, but they were also being poisoned by the lighthouses themselves.
1: I mean, loneliness sounds like every... Government-based way. Like, we're not paying for that. <laughs> Sounds like you got lonely.
0: So you've heard the term Mad Hatter. Yes. 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 That was also from Mercury. Now did, did you get wine in your eye? Can you just calm down? <laughs> the it
1: splashed wine. up into my eye. <laughs> Ow. Why does that happen? Also feels like a lot of alcohol. <laughs> I don't, it was a perfect like, because I, I also drank it at the same time.
0: So back in the day, a hatter who made hats. Right. The process of turning fur into felt for hats used mercury. And so that's the term mad hatter came from wow. that Because they got mercury poisoning.
1: See, I'm more offended about that. Like people just talk about the mad hatter so casually.
0: So casually. Poor, poor and guy. still buying the hats. Like, where's my hat?
1: Yeah, because that was the whole thing, the iconic, like, hats. hat. Now so I know what to dress up as for... Um, Mad Hunter With a bucket of mercury or something.
0: <laughs> so lighthouses are still out there. They still guide seafarers, but there's also lots of advances like GPS.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a really stupid possible question. Yeah, Why didn't they just keep the light always on pointed out?
0: Because it had to go 360, because they are on an island. You don't know which direction the ships are coming.
1: Why not have four lights then, that were just always
0: on? You mean like four lighthouses, right? No, 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 like
1: lights inside, like a light always on. Because it
0: was a central light source
1: back then. And it
0: had to be like... Reflected out. So
1: it was more about the technology at the time. We, there was like one, it had to get the most bang for the buck, sort of. Yes. It? Okay.
0: Because we're like, get that out there. Gotcha. Okay. But we still use lighthouses, but we, but ships also have um, other advances that guide them.
1: If you were curious if you should take that cruise or not, it's not just <laughs> it's not waiting on lighthouses to not hit the shore. <laughs>
0: And most lighthouses now, today, are automated.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there is, that made the traditional lighthouse keeper job unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Today in the United States, every single lighthouse is automated except one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the Boston Harbor Islands National Recreation Area, a law was passed in 1989 that required that the Boston Light remain operated by a person, so a keeper remains there today, which I think is cool. Kind of cool, yeah. Okay, ready for some mystery? Yeah, ready. This is the mysterious disappearance of the Ellenmore Lighthouse keepers. This is in Scotland. The rocky Flannan Isles off northeast Scotland were very difficult to navigate when storms struck. So, to prevent this, in 1899, a 74 foot tall lighthouse was created on Ellen Moore, which was the biggest of the Flannon Isles. And Ellen Moore translates to Big Isle.
1: Okay.
0: So, it was the biggest
1: of the Flannon Isles. Of
0: the Flannan isles. Okay. And this was going to help improve the passage. These Flannon Isles are named after St. Flannon who lived in the 17th century. He built a chapel on the island. This was like the Celtic church, I believe. And when he died, he was said to regard Ellen Moore as his own isle. Mm. And the island seemed to be the perfect place, perhaps to have a congregation, but the worshipers believed the island had supernatural powers. It was a place that, many still today believe was a place of fairies, mm-hmm. past topic. Okay. Wasn't that your topic?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And because of this reputation, there is a ritual that was over there that before you entered a church, you had to circle it on your knees. So that's what people did.
1: How big is the church?
0: And very small.
1: Okay. <laughs> doable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally doable.
1: doable. Got it.
0: So there's this, like, superstition that shrouded the island even, you know, centuries and centuries ago. And the the shepherds would bring their sheep over there to graze, but they would never stay the night because they were afraid of spirits. It felt like a sinister, watchful presence resided there. So let's fast forward to the year 1900. Let's. The lighthouse, one year into operation, we have three lighthouse fellas working out there.
1: Like rotating shifts or at one time? They had to
0: have three at a time, Mm -hmm. but they would rotate one out. Okay. So, like, you work there for a few weeks and then you would go home for a couple weeks, something like that. So there'd always be, like, one new guy coming in fresh.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, okay having some time spent at home with the
0: fam. With the fam or, you know, at the pubs, whatever, Mm -hmm. floated your boat. Mm -hmm. So 1900, 26th of December, a small ship was bringing the new lighthouse keeper, the replacement, Joseph Moore, out, uh, fresh from his respite. So fresh. As the ship reached the landing, the captain of the ship, Captain Harvey, was surprised because usually there's like Somebody waiting Mm -hmm. for the ship, like super excited to GTF off off the island. So he blew his horn and he sent up a warning flare to try to attract attention, and there's no response. And I guess it was some kind of flag that would be out there, too, Mm -hmm. welcoming people. So that was strange. Joseph Moore rowed ashore and went up. I did that Mm wrong. And went up the. The set of stairs. So let me show you these stairs. So I'm going to go to the end. These stairs look sketchy AF. This is the landing. Um, the stairs.
1: We okay. The thousand steps was sketchier than that. The last time we took those, and they were all. Flooded. Imagine
0: this in a storm, though, perhaps. No, but no, awesome those thousand different. steps have completely degraded, and <laughs> a I thousand think
1: steps is that in a storm?
0: <laughs> I think you're, I think next year they may be impassable.
1: I agree.
0: Good thing we got photo yeah. evidence. Mm-hmm. So he's going up those stairs, going to the lighthouse, and reportedly he felt an overwhelming sense of foreboding.
1: Foreboding—that's a great word.
0: Going up those stairs. Once he was at the lighthouse, he noticed something was immediately wrong. Wrong. The door. Everything was amiss. The door was unlocked, and in the entrance hall where they have their three coats hung, their oil skinned coats that are essential to keep you warm in the storm. Mm-hmm. 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 So there two of them were missing and one was hanging there. So odd. Odd. He went into the kitchen area and he found half-eaten food and an overturned chair, almost like somebody had jumped up in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And the kitchen clock, which you had to wind him in those days, was stopped. Mm -hmm. So nobody who had been tending the clock. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Things
0: are amiss and things are
1: awry. And, yeah, I would be, that would be one of the first things that would startle me would be if there was a chair knocked over. Like, I I go, I enter every room looking to see if someone was startled up out of a chair.
0: If something's awry. Yeah.
1: Because I'm like, if they were startled, so should I.
0: And going back to last week, maybe it's your sense of smell that's telling you Mm -hmm. something is amiss. Mm -hmm. Because if somebody was fearful before you got there, you may be smelling their fear, and Mm -hmm. it's activating your own fear response. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he looked around, but he could not find the lighthouse keepers. He ran back to the ship. Captain Harvey ordered a search of the whole island, but nobody was found. Captain Harvey sent a telegram quickly to the mainland, which was forwarded to the Northern Lighthouse Board headquarters. The telegraph read, a dreadful accident has happened at Flannan's. The three keepers, Ducat, Marshall, and the occasional have disappeared from the island. The occasional doesn't get a name in this I telegram. Mean,
1: <laughs> I would like to be referenced as the occasional. On <laughs> 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 <That's such> our <laughs> deeply disturbing things, I'm Naomi, and I'm the occasional. The
0: occasional—that's the one that drops in now and then.
1: Oh no, is Sarah the occasional? Oh my God,
0: is Sarah the occasional? I think she yeah, may be. She, she may be.
1: No, her definition.
0: On our arrival there this afternoon, no sign of life was to be seen on the island.
1: Never a good sign if you're looking
0: for it. <laughs> no. You're expecting life, you, you but find no sign
1: of it. Life
0: and you find none. <laughs> Fired a rocket, but as no response was made, managed to land more. Who went up to the station, but found no keepers there. The clocks were stopped, and other signs indicated that the accident must have happened about a week ago. Hmm. Poor fellows. They must have been blown over the cliffs or drowned trying to secure a crane or something like that. Night coming on. We could not wait to make something as to their fate. I have left more McDonald, buoy Master, and two seamen <laughs> on the island wait. to <laughs> keep the light burning. Other wait. people who don't get a name in this telegram. Okay, okay. men and
1: seamen.
0: Buoy master and two seamen.
1: There's a buoy master. (laughs) The
0: one who I guess is wrangling the buoys. Right. He's a
1: buoy master.
0: So that's the telegram. A few days later, the Northern Lighthouse Board um, superintendent, who knew the three men personally, departed to the island to investigate. His investigation found nothing over and above what Moore had already reported except for the lighthouse's log. Dun, dun, so dun.
1: Yeah.
0: So lighthouse keepers had to keep a log every day.
1: Makes
0: sense. Of the happenings.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To keep it.
0: They had to keep the log. Captain's log. Started. Sorry, I had to cross. <laughs> M- Mirhead immediately noticed. Oh, he's the superintendent that the last few days of entries were unusual. On the 12th of December, Marshall, the second assistant, wrote of severe winds, the likes of which I have never seen before in 20 years. He had also noticed that Ducat, the principal keeper, had been very quiet and that the third assistant, MacArthur, had been crying. Mm. So something is definitely amiss.
1: Totally awry.
0: And the principal keeper, very seasoned expert, had, you know, been at lighthouses, like, alone and weathered many storms.
1: Both literally and... that? Figuratively. Figuratively?
0: Okay. And so... You know what? MacArthur, known as a brawler on the Scottish mainland, oh. why would he be crying about a storm? People wondered. He's a
1: tough guy.
0: That didn't seem right. And, you know, the lighthouse is actually 150 feet above sea level. So okay. really up there, they, they should have been safe. Big of a, yeah. yeah. I mean, that landing's another issue. And it was really peculiar that There had not been reported storms in the area, yet they're logging about this severe storm, the likes of which have not been seen in 20 years.
1: Hmm. So
0: very strange.
1: Very strange.
0: And also, you you could see the lighthouse from um, the mainland. (laughs) So that make <laughs> and you, nobody saw a Storm.
1: So that make you feel pretty ill content, perhaps. That
0: uh <laughs> I'm feeling ill-content about this. I
1: know, because then I mean you haven't seen it. There's nothing been reported other than in this log.
0: Isn't that interesting?
1: And he's crying.
0: And and yeah, crying not themselves. The final log entry was made on the 15th of December. It read, storm ended, sea calm, God is over all. So that's mysterious. Nobody knows what that really means.
1: Yeah, why would you put that in a lot of like book?
0: The superintendent was really concerned about the one oilskin coat that had been left in the entrance hall. This is the middle of December, bitter cold winter. Yeah. And you wouldn't venture outside without the coat.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: also there was strict rules that all three could not ever leave their post at once. Somebody always had to be there in the lighthouse. Right. And all three were gone, and that was strictly prohibited. Down on the landing pat- platform, that sketcher on the landing platform I showed you, there were ropes strewn all over the rocks and they had previously been holding a brown crate. 70 feet above the platform and so he thought maybe the crate had been dislodged and knocked down and they were trying to retrieve it when an unexpected wave came and washed them all out to sea so that was his theory
1: and And he still has never been all three of them it's still
0: and without your coat one of you why are you not a coat
1: in December, next to the water.
0: And why you're getting up so quickly that you knock a chair over and, and you not put your coat on. What's in this crate? I think there's some kind of supplies. Mm.
1: Maybe they're hungry.
0: So people weren't convinced about his, his explanation. They're like, where are the bodies? They would have washed ashore. There's tons of islands around there. They would have washed ashore. Why is he not taking this coat in December? You know, they're very experienced. Why would they have been taken by a wave and, you know, caught off guard?
1: Yeah, why would they choose now to bring in the supplies during the worst storm ever?
0: Yeah, and why is somebody crying? What, what's going on? So, it's, it's why are they saying there's a storm when the sea should have been calm? They... If,
1: if something ever happens to me, I hope someone is on a podcast analyzing it like this for me. I want them to be like, why was there... No shoes. Anyone? She typically wore shoes when she left the house. No, people will do that. Except for outside. In yeah. The yard, maybe.
0: No, I, I will break it down. I promise. Good, I
1: need a breakdown. I'll break it down. So I'll break down.
0: So people are not all in agreement of this original theory. They're like, something's amiss. Something's awry. Nobody could see the storm. We could see the lighthouse the entire time.
1: It's just a conundrum all around.
0: There are some who think that the two of the men maybe were killed by the third. Mm. Who then killed himself.
1: Wow.
0: But then I was like, still where are the bodies? You still have bodies? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't bury yourself. You can bury two bodies, but.
1: Is that scientifically proven?
0: I don't think you can bury yourself. Can you
1: bury yourself? I feel like I need to know more. I mean,
0: maybe know. if you made a contraption.
1: Yeah, maybe contraption is not they required to, <laughs> to
0: bury one. I think you would need some kind of contraption. I'm not
1: going to rule that out. Well, because we, I did the Houdini topic. And, right. Yeah. He almost Contraptions
0: galore. Contraptions. In that story.
1: Or maybe you bury yourself. Maybe you have other people that you murder bury you. And they die after you.
0: See what comes first? The murderer or well, the murder?
1: Well, no, you murder them, but like it takes a while. Like is yeah, is the act of murder at the start or is it the death? Or is
0: it the result?
1: Yeah, because if you're then like murdered, I'm pretty
0: sure it's, it's the result because or else it's attempted murder.
1: Mm-hmm. So we don't know for sure if it was attempted murder or murder, potentially, or a contraption.
0: We don't know. Yeah. It could have been a brawl. MacArthur did have that rep. As a brawler, so maybe a fight broke out and he murdered all three, fell to their deaths again. Why are they all three outside?
1: I just want to say, like, an experienced brawler who's never murdered before has he murdered before? Do we know his history of violence? Just fighting, just fighting. I mean, that's I don't want to say that brawler all brawlers are murderers, so I don't think we can make that leap.
0: No, but maybe they started a brawl and it was slippery out on those steps. But to
1: me experience, steamen would not do that without a coat, unless you're really hot. No, with ones
0: them. without a coat. Mm-hmm. I could not figure out whose coat, so I guess they didn't have name tags in them. I guess it was I mean I don't, one coat, I don't think all, you all coat.
1: <laughs> That code I, I bra that coder bra that got left did have no name in it. And that's
0: why you don't know whose it is. Not Maybe sure. we should be name tagging our codes like when we're little kids.
1: I'm going to and add I'm our names inside. So that's ties in with my topic. Maybe what is as child is as adult, perhaps.
0: Maybe so uh we don't know. People say they hear the names of the three dead men. Do
1: they even know the names on the, the
0: wind? Time? We do. I said that. Oh, those
1: those three. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know it was the buoy master.
0: No, we don't. We don't know the occasional, the buoy master, or the two seamen. So there's four unknowns in this story. Okay. 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 (laughs) Right. No, we do know the occasional's name. I take that back.
1: Okay.
0: The three were MacArthur, (laughs) Dukit, and uh, another one. If I scroll higher, but I'll show you their photo. That's them. They all have fine moustaches.
1: Oh. I zoomed in too far and your phone went wee. Okay. Fine moustaches.
0: Fine mustaches. That guy's
1: holding his coat like he loves his coat.
0: Well, that was like a thing you did then. You put your like fingers inside your vest when you were posing in a photo. Well, we should bring that back.
1: It does get ooh, look, it gets a nice shape.
0: That's nice. Yeah. It's, nice...
1: Mm. it's like a little. Hot.
0: And that bottom one is the actual lighthouse. So look, it's pretty far up above the sea.
1: Actually, he's not doing that. He got he look at his face. He was not ready for that picture. He's upset that picture was taken. Over I
0: think head. that was just people's faces. How long does
1: that then? take to take that photo? Yeah, you
0: have to hold tiny. it. Right. So that's why nobody long? was smiling. A long time. I don't know. Eleven minutes.
1: This is the whole time.
0: So. I'm guessing eleven minutes.
1: How are photos real? They're not. Oh. <laughs> also, I, my topic.
0: I mean, there really could be 150 foot waves, though.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, that's my mystery. It's
1: interesting.
0: Got our lighthouse. Those know
1: answers to this lighthouse. It's unsolved to this day. Or this quandary.
0: Here's my theory, though, that I didn't, this is just me. I didn't find anything on this. It. I looked it up. It does have a Fresnel lens, so there was mercury. Back then they didn't have the safety precautions. So okay. did they all go mad? And why
1: wouldn't they even pose that as an option unless the government No, I just did. Why no you did? This is go. my theory.
0: So maybe there was um some madness at play in this. But still, where are the bodies? Correct. That's still, but not all bodies are found. There's people that are washed away at sea and are never found, I'm sure. I mean, what about the escape from Alcatraz people? They don't think they made it. They never found their bodies. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's not unprecedented. But I do want to throw the Mercury madness into this because it is not a theory at all. That's just now. On. You're hearing it first on this equally disturbing things. First here.
1: First here. Okay. Um,
0: breaking news.
1: Breaking news today. Ooh. Right now. All right, so let's see here. It's my turn. I'm excited about it. Okay, one second. I have to pull this up here. That's okay.
0: I'll position okay. our little oh, head. We should name that. it.
1: Did we name this little fella before or not? Um, I think Sarah did something, but and I a ceramic
0: doll said. This was a full doll at one time.
1: He's making a lot of eye contact with me.
0: It is very pouty faced. I don't like it. And it has a bowl kit. I bought um eight ceramic dolls that were a Christmas theme and this one's little head rolled off immediately after purchase I That's don't terrifying. have any of the dolls or his body but I feel attached to his head don't you? so I kept his head it,
1: is a, it has a very creepy um, essence but
0: almost endearing like I feel like he's my little headless child
1: <laughs> endearing
0: I take care of them. I, like, brush his hair down. I put him away in the closet when I have clients, if I remember. Taunt
1: Sarah with him. I
0: taunt Sarah.
1: Okay. So, are you ready for my talk? I'm ready for this. Are you ready for this? Yeah. All right. Almost. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Can't be more ready. Oh my gosh. I'm still getting used to not pressing the wrong things on my screen. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Okay. We're going to talk about childhood imaginary friends. Oh, great. Yes. And we'll talk a little bit about how that links into adulthood.
0: You- oh. Did you have one?
1: Um, No. But I... Not that I remember. But I did a lot of some other things that have been kind of linked as being similar-ish mm-hmm. to that. So what what do you think of when you think of an imaginary friend?
0: I mean, I, don't, I can't remember. Same. I don't remember having one. Maybe I did. I'll have to ask my
1: mom. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that though. Okay. Yeah. So it's a mythical creature, animals, a toy, something that comes to life, um, kind of an imaginary companion. And in most cases, they say that like that's a normal part of development. Yeah, and
0: unless you continue it too long, and then so but suddenly you have delusional
1: disorder. And... But that's the thing is okay. So <laughs> that it was like I was finding either parents' concern about yeah. it or it's completely normal. Like it was like one or the other, and that's what it led me to on the adult end. And actually, I think one of the most interesting things I was reading about was with like schizophrenia yeah what's the difference between auditory and uh visual hallucinations there versus in children or youth because it's actually through can go all the way up through adolescence uh at that level level it's just reported yeah there.
0: when when is that a diagnosis of schizophrenia
1: and i figured that out and there is actually a very distinguishing factor which i had never known before even as a counselor which is that um the uh, those who had childhood imaginary friends were more likely to have them as adults or to report auditory visual um hallucinations as they're labeled in adulthood. Uh, or also part of it that uh, came up a lot was uh talking out loud, like because there's a, a if you think about what an imaginary friend is, you are kind of creating a. Sp- space to process and talk about mm-hmm. and think with an external thing from yourself. Mm-hmm. So talking out loud to yourself throughout processes and things that you're doing is actually kind of another form of that, which I didn't know it was kind of interesting. So depression is the biggest difference. So those who had childhood friends and um, were diagnosed with uh, schizophrenia had the depression piece, like a very major depressive episode part, Um, those who did not have the major depressive episode part, um, sorry, 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 major depressive episode part linked with having the the auditory visual hallucinations did not necessarily mean that they had childhood friends growing up, but just because you had childhood friends most those people that didn't end up getting a schizophrenia diagnosis did not have a depression link at all.
0: Is the depression like it's because of the voices?
1: Well, the only
0: or is it separate?
1: I From what I was reading, it was separate because the only thing that was different where it was both in both like imaginary friends and depression was if there was a history of traumas like sexual abuse, like that model stuff. Those adults who reported having childhood friends had a history of um abuse. Mm-hmm. Kids who just had childhood friends um and went into adulthood reporting hallucinations, audio or visual had no depressive symptoms. Got it. But there is a group of people who had no childhood friends who have auditory hallucinations and have schizophrenia, according to that diagnosis. There's, like, some weird subgroupings that... Yeah,
0: yeah, and I wonder, like, how much does you know, Subjection. socialization and stigma, though, come out in being depressed about it.
1: Well, a lot of... So a lot of the the research was showing that, the like, with the schizophrenia hallucinations tend to be have a negative often reported a negative uh, auditory cycle or there's something feared or the talk is negative mm. um, and can lead to lower self-esteem and the other reports are actually very positive and tend to lead to things like creative thinking and uh, flexibility and thought. So it almost kind of like a different path. That the brain That's takes so yeah, it is it is interesting. I didn't even think that there would be like a connection with that, but there is. Okay. Um, so I wish I would have had one that I can remember. I know, like I, I remember playing a lot by myself because I at most of my life was spent as an only child. I have half siblings, but they're far away. Um, but I do things like run around the house and play. Like, so I don't maybe but, I don't like remember. actually
0: you know, where there's, like, something that you're communicating with and right. playing with. It.
1: And only, like, some of those stuff that I read were those, like, distinct, like, a really person. Know. I'm going to text me. But it's, like, over 65% of kids, childhood age kids, report having an imaginary friend or an object that they have personified. Um. So, it tends, as children reach their second and third year of of life, so two to three years old, Um, They say that their imaginations start to expand, they start to play, Um, they start to make real friends, like people friends, uh, but they also start to make friends that don't actually exist, but they actually get what, what they've seen through scans and stuff, real feelings of friendship and comfort and bonding through that. Um, so it is interesting because they are getting a very real outcome.
0: Stella has never done that. Yeah. But Ash used to talk to his magic eight ball.
1: Mm-hmm. See, it can be an inanimate. Ostrich. In
0: the corner all the time. It
1: can be Like ostrich. it
0: was real. Yeah.
1: Right. There you go. <laughs> um, so it's not just like little kids, but all the way up through adolescence. And, uh, many kids end up keeping their childhood friends for like several months Uh, some up to a few years so what they're saying is like these the ability for the brain to do this uh, it can vary in that form but it can stay into adulthood for how it thinks through problems and it's it actually does a lot of really good things in development so a lot of assumptions are like the I think the more of the disturbing part of this is it has a can have a really negative connotation like oh, your kid has an imaginary friend like it's viewed as
0: like what like they're lonely
1: lonely is like the first one lighthouse <laughs> <laughs> like there's something very negative about being lonely or they're Stressed. mad that's <laughs> doubt maybe there's family problems at home yeah. um can't cope with reality <laughs> right but like this has actually been shown to be very not the truth and i i never actually heard any of this so They research has shown that this is about developing social skills. Um, And what they've seen is that they might create an imaginary friend to have someone listen to support them, play with them, do things that they can't do.
0: I mean, it seems like resourceful and creative to me. Right.
1: And it can also be like having something special that belongs just to them, be someone who doesn't judge them. And as kids, like kids are judged all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, if we go uh, birth order, it tends to be the firstborn or only children. Mm-hmm. So having to have that connection. What's um, the typical age range? So it typically starts in age like two to three mm-hmm. years old. So pretty, pretty young. Um, it can. So some of the benefits that they've seen with kids who have imaginary friends, uh, improve problem solving skills. They have more um, opportunity to explore ideas, so they get less kind of right-wrong, improved management of emotions. They practice new behaviors and roles. So they, like one of the, the, I was reading a bunch of imaginary friends, kind of like kids talking about their imaginary friends. And one of them, he's like, yep, I have two kids. And he was explaining his two kids. And then he was like, and I'm married to, forget the name, I'm married to someone so um, she is a doctor and she travels abroad, <laughs> and, <laughs> abroad. But, I, but I had to divorce her because she talked too much and, but like taking on these different it's roles, real. like it's facts. And none of these are like actual things that are happening in his life, but it's a way for the mind, like, you know, with play therapy, like to explore different avenues. Yeah. of saving. Um, and it can help with tough transition and routines. So they found that kids that have that, you know, it can be a constant in a place of change. So it can be helpful i'm not gonna
0: lie i would love an imaginary friend right now
1: i agree like how i mean can we get one right without being
0: <laughs> so ITA'd?
1: no um warning signs so this is like the the like caveat here of where parents if you need to talk to a uh, professional if they start getting extreme anxiety around that if they're telling your imaginary friends about like traumatic detail like If they're starting to tell trauma stories Mm. to an imaginary friend, that may mean something traumatic has happened and you want help. Um, If there's constant hurtful or unacceptable actions, that they blame the (laughs) imaginary friend. It wasn't me. It Um, was Teddy. Unexplained change in eating or sleeping habits and having the friend they say beyond age twelve, because they say that the mind at that point should become a little bit more adaptable and flexible. But most of the time, that's not the case. Anyways, it does what it developmentally is supposed to do.
0: I think if the friend is also telling you to do bad things, that would be a watch out for.
1: Right, and and really in. These cases at that young of an age, it's not typically what's happening. Um, Like if we think in like schizophrenia, where there may be like command hallucinations. Yeah. I feel like I heard a noise out there. I right did now. too. Oh yeah, I forget there's people that live down there. So.
0: But that sounded like it was that way. I agree. I did lock this. It alarm. sounded
1: lateral. <laughs> did you need to go check? No. Okay. That's so what people get marked. I mean, I'll be here waiting. You can go check. My phone's There's lit, a
0: so key can- in that lock. We can lock it.
1: Why didn't you lock
0: it? I have never locked us in here.
1: That sounds scary too. I what know. if you have merc <laughs> poisoning? <laughs> um. So, okay. So we know that it happens naturally in kids. It is actually very rare that adults have imaginary companions, but there are a few different types of behaviors that would be considered that form of imaginary friendship. So, for example, adult authors can be seen as prolific creators of imaginary friends in the form of characters. They're developing characters and mm-hmm. living through yeah. that. Um, this is because they have personalities and minds of their own, and authors often report their characters leading the writing rather than vice versa. So they say that, like that's how they like it takes its own form. Um, objects created through spiritual and mental powers and mysticism are also a sort of imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. So, is this my
0: imaginary friend? Oh my
1: gosh, I think it just happened. Yeah. Hi. Okay. Now you ask him his opinion.
0: Well, I want to know your name. What is your name?
1: See, your brain just widened a bit to try to <laughs> soak that in. My
0: wa- brain is so wide right now.
1: <laughs> Research has shown that positive effects have imaginary friends, um, that there's positive effects into adulthood too so adolescents remember their imaginary playmates have been found to use more positive coping skills um they seek advice from loved ones more often instead of bottling things up um adolescents with behavioral problems who had imaginary friends as children have been found to have better coping skills and a more positive adjustment throughout their teenage years. Scientists think this could be because these teens have been able to supplement their social world with imagination rather than just being stuck to classmates. Which I think is because often I'm like, "Gosh, I don't want to send my kid to school ever." <laughs> like high schools are horrifying places with tons of bad influences. This was my first, like, "Oh my gosh!" Like they, like kids can supplement their friendships with imagination,
0: but only up to age twelve.
1: No, 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 no. This is saying through adolescence, so. It's saying like, cause this could be, it's not saying imaginary friends mm. necessarily, okay. but again, having, you know, the inanimate objects or something, even just auditorily like talking. Well, treatments. I've
0: always espoused a healthy dose of delusion.
1: Right. That should help with loneliness. <laughs> well, it helps with just being happy they're gonna seek out more social connections because of this actually. So again, like all these, I think some of the stigma around it is it's opposite to that uh, for what science has actually seen. Uh, the majority of research being done points to mainly positive outcomes. And current research is now being done um, by Tori Watson, who's looking at evidence to see how teens report imaginary friends as children, how they actually handle bullying at school. um. Those who remember their imaginary friends have have in this study at, so far have been reported at better or better handling their mm-hmm. coping skills with being bullied.
0: Who are these assholes that want kids to just be grounded in a harsh reality?
1: Right. So creativity and hallucinations. Let's talk about it. Adults who had imaginary friends report that they are more creative and imaginative than reports from those who do not or did not. Uh, They also know through this research that they are better at describing a scene that they've constructed their imagination. So when you close your eyes and you like, we do the often counseling, like the safe place, like picture what that looks like. You
0: try to bring in like, make it as vivid as as possible, bring in all the senses.
1: I've known, I've known several people in my life that they say that when they close their eyes, they can't picture like can't pull together those components or like they can't remember details of a face or like pull together those aspects of the memory. Um, And I think imagination is huge because even though we say like, oh, I remember that your imagination is doing a lot. When we talk about memory and like how bad memory is. Your memory is really bad. But yet when you tell the story, it sounds like you knew what was happening. And then the other person's like, that's not true. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, Uh, you're right, yeah. But you make it sound really good because our brain's filling in the gaps. Um, And that's where childhood friends help boost those capabilities. Um, Other discrepancies in adults, how adults see and interact with the world, scientists think stem from the use of imagination when playing with an invisible friend. So, for example...
0: whose name is John. Hi, John. You told me.
1: People who had imaginary friends as kids, this is what makes me feel like maybe I didn't and I don't remember they're more likely to talk to themselves more. I have a camera in my house uh, near the back door for like when I'm gone and the cats and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes I will go and look and I'm sitting there just like talking out loud while I'm cooking or I'm talking to cat, but like almost like a narrative. I'm like, ooh, that's concerned me before. Now I'm like, oh, maybe I have Maybe it's okay. Friend. Maybe it's okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm creative. Uh, So this is thought to have been... I would say it's okay. Because they were more comfortable talking to someone who wasn't around, like actually physically present. The comfortability. Where some people, like, if there's not someone there, they're not used to talking. So you can see how firstborn kids don't necessarily have that sibling yet or at all to talk to other than parents. They may have more alone time alone single children but if you have a lot of siblings you're constantly having someone to interact with so all of a sudden being alone may actually make you feel lonely because you don't know how to fill that space
0: I'm completely comfortable being alone that's why I would say I have the soul of a long-haul truck driver I could do it I mean that'd be a lighthouse keeper
1: you could probably your body can be found in either places um (laughs) So research showed that talking to yourself can be a sign of high cognitive functioning and creativity. Adults who had imaginary companions as kids may become more used to seeing things, um, seeing things that aren't really there. You're really so,
0: balancing that on your leg. I know. After the two accidents you've already had. Did
1: you, were you impressed? Um no,
0: I was fearful.
1: <laughs> for this reason, imaginary friends have become very good at seeing something that isn't there and explaining it. So this made me think about how like with the podcast, like we've gotten really good at like talking. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, just like talk because we are you've gotten have to filling in the gaps. Maybe that's something that was there present through childhood. Because not everyone has it. I've I tried a podcast with someone in the past. And it was hard because there were things, it say it's a, anything? yeah, it's like that if you don't can't go with the flow and fill in the gaps, it's hard. Um, like children. It Brutal is what it is. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. And so one of the distinguishing things too, from like a delusional disorder, like you mentioned yeah. earlier, that's, that's worse. Um, is that these kids know that these friends aren't real. So, like a delusional disorder, they may actually feel like this, they are real. Um, vast majority of these kids know that it is that they are imaginary. Adults also know um, can have hallucination type experiences when coming in and out of a deep sleep. Have you ever mm-hmm. had that? Um they said sometimes you may see or hear something that isn't there. Out of the corner of your eye, or knowing that your mind's playing tricks on you, that concept that your brain's doing in those moments.
0: I had weird dreams about umbrellas last night.
1: That's interesting. It was. What happened? <laughs> I, I, did you have an like, like, umbrella? Found...
0: Found... No, I thought of that today. Mm. I found an amazing rainbow colored umbrella and I was like super excited about it because I was going to use it in the rain which is weird, because I don't use umbrellas. it doesn't
1: really rain very much here. Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: not, I'm historically a person that would rather just look like a drowned rat right, right. than yeah. use an umbrella.
1: right.
0: But I was really excited about it.
1: Cool, I can't wait for you to find an umbrella soon. We'll see how that um <laughs> on. uh One research team investigated that people who had imaginary friends with kids also reported uh, more such hallucination type experiences like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Coming in and out of sleep or out of the corner of their eye or experiencing something that's not there. Um, In the study they published in psychiatry research, they found that this is um, actually the case. So these individuals were not at greater risk of developing psychosis or schizophrenia. They were just more likely to have a common form of hallucination. And I was like, oh my gosh, how many people are so probably misdiagnosed? <laughs> oh. We know. You know how much I'm, I'm going right? to throw
0: my son across the room. You know how much throw I it. just hate <laughs> our stupid. diagnostic system.
1: It'll get smaller. It's so flawed. Um, we know that because they also tested other perceptual experiences like unusual thoughts and ideas as well as symptoms of depression. These experiences in combination with intense hallucinations can put people at greater risk of developing schizophrenia. So schizophrenia is a combination of severe symptoms impacting um, a lot of different areas of someone's life. It's not just, it's not um, just the experience. Of no,
0: it's not else. like what the media puts out there. That's like, Oh, you have a split personality.
1: Right. It's right, not right. that at all. No. Um, and people who had imaginary friends didn't show that combination of symptoms at all. There was only one exception that i mentioned earlier child abuse that was the one thing where they had potentially both. Uh, um it's unclear whether that's linked to anything to do with imaginary friends or if it's all down to the trauma itself with an imaginary friend playing that comforting role perhaps um which could be more the dissociative aspect of the brain trying to protect itself um but what we know is that the brain I think that's maybe, and maybe that's where we have it all kind of flawed as we tend to view the brain as it's protective in that there's, it's trying to save you from harm all the time. It's a lot of how like the DSM is built around Mm -hmm. versus how is the brain working to build, enhance, and develop more of that strength space? Like uh, maybe. These additions can be used, and research shows that it does. Yeah, it's a stupid deficits based system, and I hate it. Wow, that flew really good. It did actually. That was very very crispy. Yes. Gather it. And that's, I mean, I, and I really, I like that the research supports that too. It's not a, um, that wasn't
0: the release of anger that I hoped it was. It was too pleasant. Well, and I, I, frisbee like.
1: I've known someone before, and not a client, a person who worked at an agency. Clients are people. Correct. Well, and that's...
0: Macy's not saying clients are people.
1: No. I'm making the distinction because, specifically, I want to make clear that people can have diagnoses and not be enrolled as clients. She actually worked there and had mental health Oh, yeah. Too, so. I um, probably have
0: 87 diagnoses. Right. I don't go to a counselor.
1: Right. And she had a... <laughs> Right. And she had a diagnosis of schizophrenia and there was so much pushed on her over time about how it was a very, something that needed to be like reduced in order for her to be happy. And, and that's really hard when that's like your whole scope of being is in that. And it's easy to say that as someone outside of it. Well, yeah, we need to reduce that. Well, this is me. How do I stop being... Me if I don't want to take medications and numb out that.
0: Yeah, let's just change the world instead.
1: Right. So she, one of the things that she found there's a whole online resource. Um, I can't what it's called? But there's uh, I think it's called Voices. But um, where people kind of uh one try to find the positive um aspects within hearing, uh, hearing or seeing, um hallucinations. And finding positive aspects within that, being able to kind of manipulate, train some of those, um, how to quiet the negatives and bring out the positives. Um, so it's not necessarily like changing who you are, but it's making it more helpful for your goals. Yeah. Uh, which would be, like, most anything like yeah, in exactly. life versus, oh, that aspect of you is wrong. That throw it out the door. Here's medication to get rid of it. And, it. and that being said, some people may have severe enough symptoms that they can't manage at that baseline, and that medications help with that. So I don't want to, like, discredit that. But not everybody needs It needs medication. to be an
0: individualized right. approach.
1: Right. And now after, like, learning about this, I'm curious – how many adult like if 65% of just kids are reporting and there's so much stigma around it already, like, I don't think having an imaginary friend as a kid is deemed as socially appropriate. It's just, oh, okay, if you have one, that's cute for a bit. It's sort of cute,
0: but let's take, keep an eye on it.
1: Yeah, like, don't talk about it in front of the neighbors, right?
0: Yeah, like, you wouldn't want them stick my mom messaging me back.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. So it's a... Uh... So how many? I you a played super... a
0: lot of imagination with your stuffed animals and See, your prize toys.
1: I did that too. But I don't remember
0: a total, um, totally imaginary friend.
1: And it doesn't have
0: to be. I am the one that had a whole group of imaginary friends, including a Martian. That's because I didn't like being an only child.
1: Them and that's <laughs> the amazing thing too. So I had, I had three <laughs> stuffed animals that I still have. Very proven. Why do we not a have a gavel there was one? no theory research has already proven it but yes that is supplemental uh but i had <laughs> rattle bear rattle dinosaur and rhino and i each know you you're here
0: super concrete um stuff rhino
1: was the protective one he kept me safe rattle bear was the cuddly one and then the rattle right and then rattle dinosaur also had a rattle was always yeah. under the bed when i found him so he's the explorer <laughs> but i and i yeah i totally talked to them But I would never have imagined that as being an imaginary friend, but maybe that's because we don't know what that means. Like, how do you, it's not like they're seeing, they're not visually seeing, like a delusion. Well, I mean, but if you're talking to
0: your thing like it's real, Mm -hmm. what's the difference really?
1: Not that there is the the difference being delusional disorder versus
0: no, but imaginary friend versus like my doll is fucking alive and ha- is my friend because Stella does that like she has full parties with the dolls right. and is like conversing with them like oh you want this? oh okay blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I don't hear the dolls saying right. stuff probably right. in her mind the doll is like doing actions and but talking but it, back
1: but it's it. it isn't it? Isn't it? So the imaginary friend part, like their brain is filling in the gaps with being able to be imaginative and fill in that space. She's not in theory, not actually hearing that doll talk back to her and she's interacting and in kind of a... No, oh, I think she is. I mean, she might be. But if he brain a is a
0: Do would you like more?
1: Right. And then she'll pause and then she'll give right. more. That's a great imagination. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not all pathological. She
0: No, I don't that's... I don't think any of it is really.
1: But that's what the imagination does, is it fills in the gaps.
0: Yeah, because we like to make anything out of shit.
1: Well and and play is important for the brain and we just stop playing as adults and people need to play. I do play. Yeah, or else you end up what boring? Normally getting medications because you feel like what's what your brain is doing to protect you is wrong one day I would
0: really love us to dive into delusional disorder because mm-hmm. I take issue with some aspects of that. I would love to have a combo on that.
1: I would love that. I've done a few presentations I just it, think so. It's, there's the so context.
0: much with social norms that, and so, cultural norms yeah, that yeah. need to be... Discussed. It's a
1: very... It's so trauma. It's delu- I mean, all of this is is trauma. <laughs> I've thrown
0: enough things across the room, so I won't throw my phone back. Uh, yeah. I, it just makes me want to throw shit across
1: the room. I just hate the DSM in general. That's, this made me, I'm, I am It just brought up more questions. I, I teach both the child development class and the psychopathology class. So now I'm like, how do I like mesh, mesh these two things together? Because people one, want answers, which is the problem. Maybe there just isn't a clear answer. Maybe the brain is flexy, bendy. Yeah. And that's okay. Radical acceptance that you will not get
0: a fucking answer about it. <laughs> oh, I made this a little thingy. Last if, episode.
1: Patreon review. Until next time. No, you have to say each thing. Last episode.
0: If you didn't listen to our lapis- last, episode, last episode, I talked about the sense of smell as being our superpower. Yes. And you talked about the happy face color. Thank you. Jesus Christ.
1: You uh, both. <laughs>
0: please... Be our Patreon, it's only a dollar and it really $10. helps us. And you get like exclusive videos, oh, okay. it's super cool. Um, please give us a five star review wherever you listen, even mm-hmm. if you don't like us. Yeah, no. Uh, what what is it's not gonna what kill you. It hurt you, it's not uh, like in like an Uber, it's not gonna hurt you and it's gonna help us. We're
1: not a danger to anybody else, really.
0: And it helps us in the algo, yeah. Until next time, i not
1: prepared. Mm-hmm. Until next time, oh let your imagination run wild.
0: And it's okay to be salty, especially if you're out on the sea. <laughs>